When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for tuning into the Sports East Coast Nets podcast. As always, your host, Cody Mallory. You can find me on Twitter at RealCodyMallory. Tonight, I am joined by my co-host, Anthony. Anthony, we've been busy, so we haven't done an episode in a while. There's been a lot of shit that's been going on with the Nets, but how have you been, my man? I've been good personally. I'm very busy with work, kind of doing a bunch of stuff. But yeah, I've been watching all the Nets games. We've been busy to record. Some stuff came up, but a lot has gone on in that swirl since we've last talked to you guys about a, about a week ago. Yeah, so the plan is let's kind of very quickly go through the three games since we last spoke. So it's going to be Wizards, Hornets, Mavericks. Then obviously we had the Knicks game tonight that we will focus more on since it's fresh. But let's just do a brief overview of those three games I mentioned. So, yeah, so kind of like giving you like a, a – last time we talked, post-Bulls game, Kyrie was still playing. Um, so the last three, last four games have all been about Kyrie Irving's minimum five game suspension. So this past weekend was the first few set of games that we had against teams that we should beat, but we didn't have Kyrie, so we really didn't know what was going to go on. So it was kind of like a lot up in the air in Nets world. So we'll start with the Wizards game. The Nets just kind of like like when the Nets were at their lowest, I think this season at least at that what we thought was their lowest. They came out against the Wizards and really just balled out. Like, like Cam Thomas was finally freed after fire, finally firing. Like Nash, he finally getting some playing time. What Anambe looked good, but like honestly, with full team effort, KD dropped twenty eight. Nick Claxton had eighteen. Wanabe at seventeen. The Nets kind of just like absolutely destroyed the Wizards every facet of the game. It was just a complete domination. They won one hundred twenty eight to eighty six. Looked really good. They had their second back to back. Good part of the Nets schedule was they had three back to backs already. So they only have one more the rest of the season. So kind of good to get them out of the way early. So that's good for the Nets the season. Then they go into the Hornets game. And the Nets, have, like if you've been following the Nets the last few years, they are awful back-to-backs. I don't think they've swept a back-to-back in a very, very long time. I could be wrong, but it seems like they always lose at least one of the two. Usually it's the tail end. They take on the Hornets. Um, they were leading very early in the first half. They were looking good. Um, they were going to cruise that victory, but then the second half, they kind of lost that third quarter to Charlotte, getting outscored 26-17. to And about five minutes left in the fourth, they were down 10 points until Kevin Durant led a charge Nets team back into the game. Um, Cam Thomas had a big game at 21. KD had 27. It was really just like those two guys and a lot of like just like timely shots. So the Nets actually won it back-to-back. Looked pretty good. Morale was high. Nets were won a couple games in a row. And then they go into this Dallas game looking good most of the game as well. And like they're kind of cruising and then they, they the, the, the Mavericks come back. They go up 10, like four minutes to go. The Nets get it down to three. Katie gets a last second heave up. 
his fouls, had his longest streak of free throws made in his career, misses the f- second free throw, so he's forced to miss the third. O'Neal gets the rebound, doesn't put it up, and they lose. But overall, like they've been playing pretty well as a, a unit. And like the, all these games, they didn't look bad this game. They just didn't have like that second guy to kind of just create his own shot and that kind of bit them in the ass here. Cam Thomas, like once again, at 19 points, Durant with 26. O'Neal had a couple time big threes. And yeah, the Nets fell to that game. So the Nets went two and one in their first three games of the Kyrie Irving. And things look decent, but like could be better. And then, yeah, that'll lead us into the news portion before we jump into tonight. Yeah, I mean, I just want to say one thing. I mean, you did a great job kind of highlighting real quick everything that happened. I just want to say the defense in those three games were big. Look at the Wizards, as you mentioned, they scored 86. You look at the Hornets, they scored 94. Even when they lost to the Mavs, which was a game that, I mean, the Nets kept fighting and playing hard, they only allowed Dallas to score 96. And, I mean, the first time they played Dallas, um, it, it went to overtime, but Dallas put up 129. And, I mean, Luka was sensational in that first game. And, I mean, he was pretty good against this game as well. But the Nets did their uh, did their best to slow him down a little bit. Um, Can I just say that real quick? Yeah, of course. Stat Muse posted 11 minutes ago with Kyrie Irving. The Nets are 29th in defense, 18th in offense. Without Kyrie Irving, they're 7th in offense, 1st in defense. Not yeah, saying I mean, trends because they play kind of bad teams, but I'm just saying it's kind of weird. Like, it's pretty drastic. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie was horrible in the Bulls game. Let's just want to say that. Um, I mean, there's been more that has changed besides just Kyrie Irving. But I think that's kind of a perfect transition into the whole Kyrie Irving situation. So obviously, as everyone is well aware by now, he has he was suspended by the Nets without pay for a minimum of five games. Keyword is minimum. We really do not know when he will return. So far, as Anthony already stated, he has missed four games, including tonight against the Knicks. So he should definitely be out against the Clippers on Saturday. And then from there, we aren't sure. Um, the Nets kind of have a wish list for Kyrie to complete in order to come back. It includes meeting with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, which he did yesterday morning. Um, meeting with Joe Sy, donating some money, meeting with like Jewish leaders in the community. Um, we're not really sure where Kyrie is on all of those things. I do know that J- uh, Jalen Brown and the Players Union was rumored to be getting involved saying that Kyrie's not a bad person. He made a mistake, but he doesn't have anti-Semitic views. Um, so there's a lot that goes into this. I, th- I think the entire situation, I just really want to quickly give my opinion on Anthony. You can kind of feed off of it. Um, I think the initial tweet was dumb with the link by Kyrie. Um, but I mean, as a person who's followed Kyrie pretty closely, he tends to post some strange stuff on social media that I mean personally I've just scrolled by and ignored because I really don't know what he's talking about sometimes and this was one of those instances for me until the media then blew it up um I think Joe Sy's tweet was incredibly unprofessional and it should have been handled behind closed doors not through social media and then we had the press conference with Nick Friedel of course Kyrie Irving got incredibly pissed off, lost his composure, kind of slammed the mic on the desk, walked out and yelled, change your life, bro, at Nick Friedel. 
And then the Nets, I thought, handled it well. Um, they shielded him from the media. They talked with him. They were hoping that the situation would be better. And then Kyrie had another chance to once again apologize where he did not do it. Um, I strongly believe that it's kind of Kyrie just being – I don't want to say like egotistical, but I don't believe he has the anti-Semitic views that everyone thinks. I think part of it is he's had bad beef with Nick Friedel in the past, mainly over the vaccine last year. And Friedel was pushing him pretty hard about this. Um, Kyrie was seen saying, I didn't make the documentary. Like, why should I have to apologize? Um, and then following that press conference, the Nets ultimately would suspend him for the five games which the Nets had no choice. Honestly, they gave him every chance. They shielded him for about a week from the media. They met with him. They talked with him. And he still effed it up, in my opinion, with that next press conference. Where then, of course, Kyrie issued the apology on his Instagram account around midnight that day, uh, the next morning, technically. Um, the apology was too late, Anthony. That's my opinion. I think if he did it earlier at that next press, at that press conference early in the day, he never would have been suspended. The apology kind of seemed to me like it was a, oh, shit, I might actually lose my NBA career. I better do this. More so of he was actually apologizing. Um, and then I think it's gone too far now with Nike, like, canceling his endorsement deal. I think they're just dragging Kyrie's name to the mud now. That's my take on it. And briefly, I think there's a lot of parties at fault. The entire situation was handled poorly by both the Nets with Joe Sy's early tweet and then by Kyrie Irving, who was given every opportunity to make the situation right, and he did not try to make it right until it was too late, in my opinion. Yeah, just, like, if you wanted, like, I've taken, like, PR classes before. If you want, like, an example of bad PR from, like, everybody involved, it's, like, kind of what everybody's been doing. I think Kyrie was just dumb for the initial tweet. And you go timeline-wise, he could have apologized. He didn't. That's on him. I think people, like, Obviously, like once it was like dissected was in that film, I think Kyrie really didn't watch the film like they closely. I think he might have just saw some stuff that he like thought he liked and just like decided to post it recklessly. And that's on him because he should know like first off, like any athlete or celebrities overanalyzed and him himself, like especially. And I think once it was posted, he can't take it back. Social media is forever and not apologizing and just being the bigger man there is just we seen it with the vaccine mandate last year. Like he won't walk back on his word and it's just what is what it is. I'm like, I think as a team, like the Nets just want to be drama free finally. And it's just so hard to break from this. Like, I just feel like I'm so sick personally, like from all the drama that surrounds the team. Like, I hope like eventually like just get to a state where it's just about basketball. And it seems like every time we think we're getting there, it just comes back and back. And it's just like very frustrating as a fan. Just wanting to watch our team do well, like they did tonight. And it's just hopefully we can put this behind us. I don't know where he is in that wish list. Hopefully, like, I don't think he'll be back after the Clipper game. I think he probably saw some stuff to finish at that. If I had to guess, if he were to come back, it'd be when the Nets get back from this West Coast swing. They have the Clippers Saturday, the Lakers Sunday, and they have the Kings and the Blazers next week. They get back on the 20th. If I had to guess, if he were to come back, I think it'd be at home against Memphis November 20th. But that's just my guess. I think I don't see him coming back in the middle of the West Coast swing. Gives him a little more time to get what he has to do. I think the five, like you said, it was a baseline. It doesn't mean he's back Sunday, if I had to guess. Unless things can change. I don't know. Maybe he did a bunch of stuff already. We just don't know about it. But that's how I see it. Hopefully we can move past this, though. 
Yeah, I just want to ask you something real quick. I mean, I know if you look at Nets Twitter, there are people that don't feel Kyrie Irving will ever play again for the Nets. Um, and I know you use the word if he comes back. I should say the phrase if he comes back. Do you think there's a realistic chance that he's done wearing a Brooklyn Nets uniform, Anthony? I wouldn't say it's a 0% chance, but I also wouldn't say it's like, I think there's like, it's the middle grounds. I don't know. I would say he plays again, I think, if they were to be done with him. Well, if he doesn't do this wish list, then you think they're done with him. But if he's like serious about doing this stuff, which I think he has to be for his career sake, because I think if he doesn't do this, like, listen demands and he like gets released by the Nets because he wouldn't have any trade value, obviously, then I don't think he gets signs on the contract in the league. So I think he's going to have to do it. And I think if he does it, he's going to be back with the Nets. That's my guess. But yeah, I guess he is back then, I guess. Now that I like lay it all out there, he's back. But yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly what point it was in this process because I feel like it's dragged on forever and it's been so long since we've spoken. But I do remember that at one point Sean Marks did say the Nets did not ever consider releasing Kyrie Irving. I can't remember if that was before the suspension or after the suspension. Um, I, I don't remember truthfully, unfortunately. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know if you do anything. I know it was at one of his press conferences. It might have uh, been after Nash was fired. So yeah, I think it might have been before the team suspension. Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, anyways, regardless, I do think Kyrie will be back. Um, and I want to just really quickly talk about the whole Kyrie Irving, the Nets being better without Kyrie. I mean, he kind of went through this with Bob when he was in Boston. Like, they made it farther without him. 
And there's a lot of people saying that the Boston Celtics were better without Kyrie Irving. Um, and there's now a lot of people that are saying the Brooklyn Nets are better with Kyrie Irving. Um, I mean, there's a different coach in Doc Vaughn, which we'll go more in depth on in a minute here. They're definitely playing lesser opponents. Like, you cannot look me in the eyes and say that the Wizards, the Hornets, and the Knicks are as good as the Bucks, the Pelicans, and the Grizzlies. Like, they're not even the same class. Um, I do think the Nets drastically missed Kyrie Irving against the Mavericks when they lost by two because Kevin Durant was literally getting triple teamed in that fourth quarter whenever he touched the ball. Um, and there just wasn't that other reliable guy to go get a bucket. I know Cam Thomas has been great. Like you mentioned, Utah has been great, but he got hurt. We'll talk about that more in a second as well. Um, Seth Curry was great then against the Knicks, but he's been struggling besides that. So I do drastically think that the Nets missed him against the Mavs. Um, They're going to need Kyrie to be good teams, plain and simple. They can beat the the Hornets and the Wizards of the Worlds. They're not being the Bucks. They're not being the Celtics. They're not beating some of the middle-tier teams without two guys that can put the ball in the basket. Because you can clearly see, like we saw in today's game, you need guys that can create their own shot to make other guys open. The Knicks don't have that, and that's why they like aren't a good team. The The Nets have that, and that makes it so much better when you have two. Because if you're going to beat Chris Middleton and Giannis, you're going to beat Tatum and Brown. If you're going to beat Curry and Clio, whoever you want to say, or you want to beat the top teams in the league, you need two guys. And that's what it comes down to. So there's, there's a, there's a, the Nets are in a period right now where it's like very, very crucial because Harris, Simmons, and Curry are getting their legs under them. And you could argue Warren too whenever he comes back. They'd be crucial guys. If they get those guys' legs under them and then Kyrie comes back and they hit a stride, they can get right back into contending. But this, it's, it's critical now. Like those guys need to get right the next few games, and then you get Irving back in the next few weeks. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, Jock Vaughn, um, I think his biggest challenge is going to be integrating Kyrie Irving back into this team when he's deemed ready by Joe Sy. The Nets are playing good without him. Like, there's no doubt about it. They played a probably their best f- complete basketball game they've played in since, I don't know, 2020, maybe, Anthony? Like, Maybe yeah. last year against – I think it was last year against the Bulls and they had all three briefly. Um, or maybe that was the year before. I can't even remember now. But the Nets looked damn good against Knicks tonight. Like, the defensive intensity is just different. And they're going to – they need Kyrie, but they're going to have to demand that same level of intensity that they're getting from other guys that are playing right now. Like, Edmund Sumner has been tremendous in starting. Like, he has been absolutely incredible. He was great against tonight against the Knicks. Like you said, the emergence of Cam Thomas. He's been averaging like 19 points and five assists since he's been playing. Um, the role players, like you said, Seth Curry knocked down six threes tonight. So there's competition for playing time now, which is good. But like you said, in order, yeah, in order for the Nets to have championship aspirations, they're going to need Kyrie Irving. That's all, that's all I can say. Whether they're a better regular season team right now against the Knicks and the Wizards or the Hornets, I'm not going to argue with you. The goal for any basketball team that has Kevin Durant on it is championship. And the Nets need Kyrie Irving, and they need Ben Simmons to acquire acquire that. That's as simple as it is for me. Agreed. Should we move to the Jack Vaughn news? Yeah, so the last time Joe and I spoke last week, um, every major reporter, Woj, Shams, etc., was linking 
Ime Udoka to the Brooklyn Nets, expecting it to get done last week at the latest of Thursday. Um, we kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and it never ultimately happened. And then today, kind of out of nowhere, the Nets announced that Jock Vaughn would be the head coach signed through the 2023-2024 season. Um, so pretty much the next rest of this year and the next year. Um, Anthony, like, I, I honestly, I just feel like, I don't know, the Nets are looking for stability. Obviously, they've been a dysfunctional team for too long now. Jock Vaughn has been an assistant with the Nets for seven years. He's familiar with Sean Marks. He's familiar with these players, although it was being an assistant. Um, and I think Sean Marks took the safe approach in hiring Jock Vaughn to get that full-time gig as the head coach. I didn't love it at first, but I mean, the Nets are definitely playing with a different intensity these last four games, even if it was against lesser competition. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I to be determined on the hiring. What about you? Yeah, so like it's gonna get my full opinion on it. Um, so obviously for those who aren't aware, Jock Vaughn, like you said, has been team for a long time. He coached the Nets after they fired Kenny Atkinson under the first year of the KD Kyrie era, which I say the Kyrie era because KD was out for that season. He kind of coached like a few weeks, I think I want to say, until the the COVID started. Then he coached the bubble, but he was under consideration to get the job before they hired Nash, and they liked him so much that paid him as a top assistant in the league. So that they wanted to keep him around. So I guess that, like you said, stability. I'm not crazy about the hire. I get the Udoka situation. Like, you don't want the drama. With the, like, the, what was you even said? Like, the Kyrie situation did play a factor in the Nets not wanting to go to Udoka with the added drama. I get it. I thought maybe looking at external people to get a better fit might have made sense. But I also understand midseason, it's not really like a common practice to hire someone externally and run a thorough co coaching search. It's usually like an offseason thing. So I thought like the Nets, that's why I thought it was so stupid. The Nets brought Nash back. And then I thought it was stupider, like fire him seven games in. Like, obviously I was glad he was gone, but like you should just fire him in the offseason if you're going to do it anyway. So you could actually get a thorough head coaching search and get a better pool of candidates. So that's why I thought it was kind of stupid what they did. I get, like, the Vaughn thing, like, now they have stability. I don't think because they hired him, like, for this year and next year that he's guaranteed to be back next year. I think the interim tag taking out of his name is a formality. I think he will be the coach the rest of this year. Um, But, like, if there's no guarantee back next year, we've seen guys get fired. Coaches usually like the extra year just for, like, money, like, safety net. Like, it's fired. He has a year to, like, get back on his feet. We saw Atkinson get fired with like two years left in his contract, so it doesn't really matter. So I could see the Nets hiring Udoka at the end of the season, to completely become honest, or going another direction if like things don't go the way they wanted to. That's my take on it. I think it's not my favorite. It's not the sexy hire. Could be the best hire in the long run. It could be a bad one to be determined, like you said. Yeah, I mean, I want to like kind of point out like Jock Vaughn. He obviously was the head coach for the Orlando Magic for I believe his three seasons. His record was trash. It was like 60 and 120-ish, something around there. Um, the Orlando Magic were bad, so I don't think that's Jack Vaughn's fault personally. Um, and then after the game tonight, like Seth Curry was talking to Megan Triplett, and he said that Jack Vaughn kind of has that junkyard dog mentality. And, I mean, he's kind of worked his ass off to get to this point, and he's going to literally coach for his life. Like, this is the opportunity that he has been waiting for 
he probably thought he had it when Atkinson got fired, like you said, and then Steve Nash came out of nowhere. And this is kind of maybe his last chance to keep a head coaching gig in the NBA. And I mean, even just watching him on the sidelines tonight, they're blowing the Knicks out in the third quarter. He's like in a defensive stance, clapping and barking and pointing at players to get to their defensive assignments. Like that's the kind of accountability and intensity that we've been looking for from a coach. Um, he was calling timeouts early tonight. The Knicks would go on a 6-0 run or a 5-0 run to start the, I think it was the second quarter of the third quarter. I can't remember. 40 seconds into the quarter, he called a timeout. Didn't like what he was saying, immediately stopped it. We didn't see that from Nash in two years, Anthony. So, like, there are things I like about Jock Vaughn. But like you said, I think you said it best. It's not the sexy hire. It's not the Ime Doka considered elite coach in the NBA hired. It's more of a kind of see what you get. He's been around the guys and hope for the best. Yeah, I totally agree. We'll but, um, I mean, he's the head coach of our team. Like, I hope he's the best coach in the NBA. So I'm not going to wish he fails just because he's not the coach I want him to sign. Like, Whatever is best for the Nets is what I think both of us want, and Joe himself is here. But I don't know. We'll see. see how I, hope I, I hope I'm wrong. I was pretty uh, vocal to be against it on Twitter today. But I watched the game very closely against the Knicks, and I liked what I saw early on. Obviously, it was just one game, and it's a long season. There's going to be more difficult times ahead of this group. I promise you that. We'll see how they rally behind the new head coach, Jack Vaughn. Um, you want to dive into the injury report real quick going into tonight's game? Yeah, so obviously TJ Warren really haven't gotten any updates on. He's still wait to be evaluated. So I don't think I don't think we're gonna see TJ Warren in the month of November. I think that's pretty safe to say. Um, I don't know what's going on with that to be determined. What an Ambe's ankle sprain they said wasn't as serious as I thought it would be. Um, it's just a minor one. I. I'd expect to see him out like a week or two, maybe not playing the West Coast trip, and maybe back after that. It's kind of a bummer because he was really playing well, finding a niche on this team, but at least he avoided major injury because it kind of did look worse than it was. It kind of did look really bad when it happens. I don't know about you, but that look, thought looks pretty bad when he first like got taken off, right? Yeah, I mean, he pretty much had to be helped off the court. <laughs> yeah, He so. didn't walk off under his own power. He did limp back to the locker room under his own power, but he had to be helped off the court to the bench. All things considered, and, I think it's something crazy. And like you said, I mean, I feel bad because he's been playing great. He's knocking down jump shots, specifically open threes at a very high clip off catch and shoot. He's providing an immense energy for the Nets. Um, and the fan base loves him. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, but out of those non-guaranteed guys, he's probably the most popular amongst the Nets fan base so far. He's fun. He's just fun. He provides energy, yeah. shooting the ball at a good clip, playing good defense, high energy, has size, can defend. It's just fun. Yeah, he competes. That's what the Nets need. Someone to play, like you said, with energy and to compete on both ends of the floor. Yeah. Ben Simmons, obviously, he's back. He missed the back-to-back in Charlotte and Washington. He flew down to Dallas and played. I think it's just regular. I think it's they're having regular maintenance on him throughout the year just to keep him in fresh shape, try to give him days like off when they can. I'd expect he missed one of the games this weekend against the Lakers or Clippers. If I had a guess, yeah. the Lakers won. Um, he actually has – he had some knee swelling. I believe he said he had to have his knee drained. Um, So – 
I mean, yeah, I do expect them to be careful with Ben. Obviously, he was limited minutes-wise against Dallas. Um, they went into the game. I know Ben said he was expecting to play about 20 minutes. And he played, I believe he played, yeah, he played 16 against Dallas. And then tonight against the Knicks, he once again came off the bench and he played 24 minutes. So they did increase it. Um, but like he said, I definitely expect them to be careful with Ben. But at the same time, like conditioning is very important for him. I agree. So we'll see. I don't know, but they had that uh, done. I think Curry finally. We'll get into that in this nice this one over the game. But he finally looks like himself again. So maybe that's a trend to continue. He's been kind of like rehabbing, like kind of get playing his way back into shape with his ankle injury, injuries. Um, and then Joe, yeah. like he said, like no, and Joe's cleared medically, but still, look, he still has to get his feet under him. He, he's not the same right now, but I think he'll play his way into shape as well. Yeah, real quick, Seth Curry after the game was interviewed by Megan Triplett and she asked him how it felt to knock down stick three tonight and Seth said it felt good. He said it feels like he hasn't made a shot in a couple of weeks, but he would say I still have a little bit, a little ways to go physically, um, saying that he's working on it every day and that his teammates are supporting him during his rough shooting stretch. As for Joe, he's not shooting the ball well. Um, by any means, like he's missing a ton of wide open threes that normally Joe knocks down. Um, that's got to be legs and just rhythm. He hasn't played basketball in a long time besides the start of the season, and then even then he missed some games. But he's playing good defense. He's rebounding, and he's even getting to the basket. Like he's getting to the rim, and he's doing that at a higher level than he is knocking down threes. So when the threes come, the defense stays, the rebounding. I believe this is like the highest Joe's ever average in rebounds um, and getting to the basket. I saw some stat. I can't remember exactly what it was. When the threes start falling, like Joe Harris is going to be a huge addition for the Nets. Totally agree. That's a good segue for tonight's game. Yeah. So the Nets obviously blew out the Knicks tonight. We all know that. They ended up winning 112 to 80, 112 to 85. Ben Simmons is now 15-0 against the Knicks in his career. Kevin Durant has won 13 games in a row against the Knicks. He has not lost to them since 2013. The Nets, as a franchise, have beaten the Knicks eight times in a row now. Um, besides all the Nets owning New York, there is a lot to like from the game tonight. Um, my favorite takeaway, truthfully, was what we've been saying on this podcast ever since opening night. That Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton cannot be on the floor together, especially while Ben Simmons is trying to recapture that all-star form and athleticism he had when he was in Philly, uh, pre-back injury, pre-taking time off. Jock Vaughn used him tonight strictly in a platoon with Clax. When Clax came out of the game, Ben Simmons went in. Basically, Ben Simmons was the backup center for the Brooklyn Nets, and he thrived in the role. Um, he finished a plus 18, six points, nine rebounds, four assists, two steals. Um, he was three or six from the floor, so we still want to see him score more, but he was getting rebounds, and he was pushing in transition. He was screening and actually rolling to the basket like he wanted the ball. He had a put-back dunk. He missed an oop from KD, but he hustled back and stripped Randall from behind and got Joe Harris a wide-open three. So there was a lot to like from Ben Simmons tonight. It was definitely a step forward. And I think Jock Vaughn found a role he can play Ben in, be comfortable with him in the game, and Ben's not a liability playing this role. Yeah, I think it's just a good way to, like, ease him in. I think you roll with this until it doesn't work. And if it keeps working, just keep rolling with it. Um, 
starting five. I think it's been the same the last three to the last four games. I think it's been yep. Sumner, KD, Clax, Harris, and O'Neal. It's been working well. So I say you keep rolling with it until you need to make an adjustment. I think it's looking good. Like you said, Curry got his legs under him tonight. Joe's been doing everything like besides the shooting, which is great. Um, KD's been getting his. He had a triple double. Like you can't really ask for more. The only thing I would say I'm not a big fan of is playing Curry and Mills in simultaneous minutes just because of defensive liabilities. But other than that, I think today was a great game. Played that, on defense. I mean, you just you mentioned Mills. I you just want to say that his minutes have been getting cut, which <laughs> I don't want to celebrate it because that's kind of messed up, but. I think everyone has realized that, that Patty Mills has just been an absolute liability, especially on defense. He only played nine minutes tonight against the Knicks. Against the Mavericks, he only played eight minutes. And this is with Kyrie Irving missing time. Um, I mean, the emergence of Cam Thomas is definitely a factor in it. And then also, the emergence of Edmund Sumner. Like, he was amazing tonight. I don't know how else to put it. Like, he came out red hot. He scored 18 points, had five rebounds, pushing tempo, getting to the basket. Um, he was even knocking down threes, which has been his main weakness on offense so far this year. He played 19 minutes and he scored 18 points. Like, that is a spark plug. Typically, that comes off the bench, but he's kind of doing it in a starting role right now. Um, it's just – he reminds me of Karis LeVert. I know we've been saying this, um, but he's like – he's Karis LeVert. Maybe not to that extreme, but he's been playing incredibly well. Yeah, I like the what he's been doing so far for us. Yeah, and I mean Royce, Royce O'Neal, Anthony. He is. Am I reading this box score correct? Royce O'Neal was a plus forty-four tonight. That's insane. That might be the highest plus-minus I've seen in a long time in a Nets game. But anyways. He's not just a 3 and D wing. He's a complete basketball player. We've seen it ever since Kyrie went out. Like, he's been sometimes bringing the ball up. And we saw it again tonight. He had five assists tonight. Um, and he's knocking down jump shots at a high clip. Against the Mavs, he had eight assists, two blocks, two steals, 15 points, four rebounds. So, like, Royce has been great. And he's really coming to his own. I know we saw earlier in the season he was kind of hesitant to shoot wide open jump shots, but he's knocking them down at a pretty high clip right now. Yeah, he has. Like, he's been finding great, like they said, more, a little more than 3 and D for the Nets, and it's been a pleasure to see. And a lot of fans were outraging to get the first-round pick for him, but I think he's doing a lot for the Nets, even more than expected. And I think in his role, he's starting to get comfortable. 100%. He was, he was great again tonight, and he was playing good defense at the same time, helping out on the boards. Um, I mean, K- KD led the way tonight with 11 boards. Like you said, he had 12 assists. That's insane with his triple-double. He had nine assists at halftime. 29 points, 10 of 19 from the field. Um, he was incredible once again. And I mean, we've seen a different level of intensity from Kevin Durant. We saw it on defense tonight when he was blocking shots. John and Julius Randle's ear. We saw it against the Mavs when he was talking with Theo Pinson on the bench. Reggie Bullock, like, KD is incredibly engaged in playing with an intensity that he... Personally, I did not see in the beginning of the season. Yeah, he's looking more engaged the last week or so. And I'm not saying that Kevin Durant wasn't, like, an impactful player earlier in the season, because obviously he was. He was scoring 30-plus every night. 
But the entire Nets team, like we said, their defense is just insane. They haven't given up 100 points in the last four games where before they were giving up, it felt like 130 every night with a 30-plus score for like seven games in a row. They've just been engaged on defense. The switches are crisp. They're rebounding and boxing out and close out possessions. Um, and we saw everything kind of go perfect tonight against the Knicks. They were knocking down jump shots. Um, they were playing good defense, rebounding. And the Knicks, they're a big team with Randall, Jericho Sims, uh, Hartenstein. Like, they're not a small team, and the Nets did a good job tonight. Totally agree. Yep. They, they played every single aspect of the game perfectly, and they kind of just let it through the way out. A little bit of Knicks run in the third, but they answered really well and blew it back up. Yeah. Like, I think the Knicks cut it to about 15 in that third, and then the Nets ended on a 6-0 run to go back up 21 entering the fourth. Um, the Nets led coast to coast tonight. <laughs> they completely dominated the Knicks. Um, we got two games in LA, like you mentioned. It's another set of a back-to-back Saturday, Sunday against the Clippers and the Lakers, who both have their own question marks. Um, Kawhi, who the hell knows when he's going to play basketball again? It seems like everyone always returns against the Nets. I do not believe that will be the case for Kawhi. And then they play the Lakers on Sunday, who the Lakers are two and eight. They're getting blown out right now by the Clippers. Um, the Lakers are a mess. So, I mean, it's definitely two more winnable games for the Nets coming up to close out this week. Yep, I, I hope they at least pick up one with this year. Let's up too. We'll see, though. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, keep building on the momentum that they clearly have right now. They're just – they they look like a basketball team that is emotionally engaged right now, and you could not say that before. The talent is still there. Um but they're just engaged and they were simply not earlier in the season. I don't want to, I don't know if it was Steve Nash, but that's what it appears to be. And Jock Vaughn appears to have lit a fire under the squad. Hopefully keep it up. Yeah. We missed anything, Anthony. I know we covered a lot since we kind of, we've all been busy. We had pretty much took a week off. So we covered a lot in this episode, but we miss anything that we hit everything. Thank you guys for listening to the Sports Ethos Nets podcast with Anthony and Cody. Let's keep building momentum in LA this weekend. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.